0: Yo, let's talk about recognition and respect While I feast, the labels What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Recognition and Respect. I'm actually doing a couple firsts today. So this is the first time I'm doing two podcasts in one day. And this is the first time that my guest is someone who I've never met before other than on Twitter and is uh, in a different time zone, so... Welcome, homie. Say what's up to the people.
1: <laughs> yo, what's good, man? Recognition and respect. That's yo. I like that. You know what I mean? I'm here for the recognition. I always take my respect. Y'all know what it is. What's good? It's your that's, boy Scorsese.
0: That's the so. That's the so. Yeah. So let's just jump into it. Uh, I'm gonna ask you the, the same question I ask everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your name? or who are you so it doesn't even have to be your name it could be more metaphysical than your name so who are you and what do you do and you could be as literal or as metaphorical as you want to get
1: all right cool um so yeah so uh mc um man that's a whew, that's a little bit deeper than you think um well, father, I mean, it's, just, rap dad.
0: it's just a nice way to like you know <laughs> give you the alley oop and let you take it to I the did, hole, you know. Just you could get out whatever you want to get off your introduction. That's the problem. Right
1: here, you know? That's that's the ana- that's the that's the analytics talking. You know what I mean? Like I'm, you know, I'm, I feel like James Harden. Do I shoot the three or do I go to the hole? I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, man, it's your boy Scorsese or Jones. Um, Scorsese acronym stacking chips on records, crushing every single enemy, um, bar for bar, line for line. Um, any MC that wanted, they can come get it. You know how I feel uh you know we rock and represent philadelphia pennsylvania um i'm one half of the dream team with my man jason i one four for the nation gang shout out to my man black shout out to pr the great shout out to my man bsg and i am one eighth of the original zip squad man we are making music all over the country Um, come rock with us man we're gonna have a good time today we're gonna talk about some stuff and you know hopefully i'll get to know me a little better
0: yeah man i mean that's uh that's kind of that's one of the beauties of doing an interview with someone who you don't know because usually if i know the cat or the the guest i'll have like a certain uh direction i'm trying to take it or there'll be certain points things that i know that i want the people to know but when i when it's more of a, a stranger as it was like i get to learn about you that at the same time the audience is you know so like the curiosity is like it's, it's more, it's more uh it's more authentic when I'm like, what? You know, like so.
1: <laughs> well look, come through, ask away, man. I you know, my man, the homie Tony grants, he told me to holla at you. Um, I actually was trying to get up with you when I was in LA, uh, before they, you know, they they threw us in the quarantine. Um, that's actually how we linked up. Started following you on Twitter from there. I was I was trying to hopefully get a show. Um, one of my producers' uh panels, he stays out there. Shout out to the polo boys. Um and we weren't able to link up, but, I, you know, I kept you in mind. And as I was watching you kind of pod and, and get a chance to, I was like, man, I got to reach out. I got to, you know what I'm saying, kind of hopefully get the conversation started. So it's good money, man.
0: Nah, man. And that's cool because uh, Tony is actually, you know, our whole story is is wild, like how we ended up knowing each other. And ever since we met, like, it's always been like trying to put people on to new stuff and cameos and music and just mm-hmm. shows. So is the, I, I knew that we had met through Tony Grand's, um, so I knew I was very like, dude, this is mm-hmm. going to be an interesting, uh, interesting cat. But when I started digging deeper, you know, like so many names. That's one of the things that I noticed first. There's like so many, all the links and like the rabbit hole I went down for research was like, you name some of them, right? You're Scorsese. <laughs> you got Dream Team. uh, mc scorsese lord jones you got uh scorsese shells you know there's the zip squad there's yes, the sir. black superheroes <laughs> nation gang you know like all of this <laughs> stuff right and so i i'm just gonna like step back for a second and just be like how long have you been doing music man because i feel like you can only really acquire this level of uh affiliations in a long career, you know. So what what kind of oh, what's the time span, you
1: know? So it's it's crazy when you ask that question. Like I, you know, I I really kind of started writing in like high school. Um, you know, and you know, t- terrible raps. You know, I would I would walk around and I would see dudes battling and i like, man, I wanna get in. But I you know, I used to know they was what I was saying was whack. So I kinda stayed away from it. Um, then when I got to college, uh, uh it was funny because they was he just had his little versus battle. Chris uh, Ludacris, uh, he was Chris Love of Love at the time. He worked for the radio station down there for the major radio station. He actually came down uh, to my school and he hosted like a live battle. You know, he was just, he was playing beats and the winner would get a chance to, you know, to, to open up for him. Him and Redman was the was the joint at the time. And I, my boy was just, cause we would, we would stay up all night in our dorm rooms, just cyphering, you know, just rapping, you know, freestyling. And he was like, yo, Shells, you should, you know, you should win. Like, um, everybody calls me Shells, um, my friends anyway, you know, um, people close to me call me Shelton, but, you know, they, for whatever reason, they just don't use it. And I just was like, all right, cool. So I, you know, I went in as Shells and I got into a little battle. I beat the first dude, I beat the second dude, um, I lost the third dude. <laughs> but um, it worked itself out because, you know, now all of a sudden I'm walking around campus and people kind of notice it, like, yo, wait, he dope, you know, and, that kind of moved me into circles of other other MCs, other rappers. That kind of got me moving around uh Atlanta, um kind of rapping and, and moving, but I didn't really want to rap. Um I started on like the managerial side. You know, uh, I would find artists music business.
0: You wanted to yeah. be in music business. You know what I
1: mean? Like I would find artists that I would like, yo. Yeah, it was more it was more so like I think it was for me. I think it was like a confidence issue. You know, um because like I'm, you know, when I'm writing and I'm kind of, I'm kind of into it, I'm always thinking to myself, like, man, nobody's going to get this reference. Nobody's going to understand this. And they're not going to. And so it, it just, it, it was, I was kind of impeding myself. It was like a mental block. You know what I mean? So I went back, uh, back to Philly. Um, and I started working with these, this group called the Drama Boys uh, out of my, out of Y-Town, um, Yaden. And, you know, they were dope, but they just needed a lot of help with like coming up with like song ideas and all this other stuff. So I started you know, kind of grooming them, molding them a little bit. And that whole thing fell apart. Uh, I moved to D.C. and I got with another group, uh, these two dudes from Carolina. Uh, shout out to the homie Big V one time. Um, and again, you know, we started going through this process and so we got real close. You know, we got we actually got a couple songs on the radio uh, in Charlotte. Um, we were real close, real close. We got we actually got our, our record in the Ninth Wonders hands, who was digging it. Um, and then, as we were going to drop off their second mixtape, um, I got shot. <laughs> that was the way to say it. You know what I mean? Like I, Wait, you know, I got, I got what? shot. Uh, you got shot?
0: Wow. Yeah. You're just so nonchalant. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I got blasted. You know, shit happens. Wow. Was yeah, I by mean, accident? Is it? I mean, it, mean, yeah. Were you a
1: target or no, were it definitely you like wasn't an a accident? St- oh
0: yeah. Well, what the fuck, man?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, not to I don't want to go too far no, into it. We, we, but, don't um, have, we don't have to. Let's just brush over short. it. Let's just brush yeah. over
0: it. Let's just brush over it. You got shot, and yeah. that oh, that yeah. that impeded I mean, the, the long, music, and then how, what happened?
1: Yeah, that threw everything off. We had a um, we had a major show set up. Uh, we were actually going to open up for the Clips and the Reup Gang, um, down in Asheville, uh, which is where they were from on um, that that whole 828 eight area, and. I mean, we had set it up. Um, we knew we were going to sell out the, the place. The orange Peel, it uh, was like thousand people. And I, I you know, had already kind of mapped it out how we were going to do it. Unfortunately, I got sat down um, for like two and a half months. Um, and the, the irony, it wasn't the bullets that almost killed me. It was the tetanus that I got afterwards. Um, shout out to the D.C. <laughs> hospital. DC hospital. don't Center. kill you, the shit, infection you know will. I mean?
0: <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ. The infection, ain't that, that's some shit, because they didn't give me a fucking tetanus shot, you know what I mean? Well, that that threw a wrench into everything, because, you know, we had put, we had sunk a lot of money into that show, we of had course. sunk a lot of, and yeah, of course. what's crazy is I still made the show, you know what I mean? We didn't, we didn't sell the building out, but we sold, you know, 500 tickets. That's, um, that's half, right? You said a thousand, totally right? Totally independent. That's
0: half, right? Like, yeah, that's not bad.
1: Yeah, that's half. You know, and, and then, like I said, the Eclipse was behind it. Reup up Gang, um, got a chance to run into Sandman and Ab. That was real dope, you know, for me. Um, and so we, they were kind of pushing and that that fell apart. So at that point, damn, I don't know what the fuck to do anymore. You know, the music wasn't interesting to me. People was just kind of going back and forth. And um, I ran into Tony Grands, ironically enough, online. Um, for those that don't know, the homie Tony Grands, a.k.a. Grandzilla, um, I count him as a, as a music mentor man I watch what he does and I see what he does and it's always surprising the way he's moving forward and, and thinking ahead of the game as far as the way he's kind of promoting and pushing himself well he was on uh, he was actually uh, the message boards on doublexl.com and on uh, not right for those you know who remember the old blog era and I would go on the blogs and I would you know I would post or whatever and i i just Kind of notice, you know, there wasn't just me rapping, There was other dudes that were rapping, there were other uh musicians, producers, and I'm like, yo, all this talent is just sitting here. And again, dude, you know, that's my my music mind thinking, I'm like, all oh, this talent's here, all these really dope dudes. Why don't we just connect and just make some music and promote it? And I got the 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 two nicest rappers on the drone, my man Big Spit Game um, and my homie Brian Ennowles. Uh, and, like, the dopest producers. Um, my homie M. Lito down in the Cayman Islands and my homie Alpha Davis down in uh, Dallas. And I was like, yo, I need y'all to do me a favor. We're going to Wu-Tang this shit. You know what I mean? Let me be the RZA. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to map it out. And my goal is I'm going to make sure that y'all have three or four projects that y'all can always go back to and you can always refer to people back to. And they can just, like, when you drop your soul, and you move on and somebody finds that hopefully they go back and they go damn i found this and i found this and i found this and it just creates like this whole energy this wave. you know what i
0: mean yeah like a back catalog that that, was the zip squad so that when folks yeah so like when you go off and do your own thing and people do your rabbit hole they'll have more shit to listen to so that was the zip squad that was like your first incarnation of hey let's just all team up and do this shit um, yep. but Griff is not part yep. of the zip squad, right?
1: He is not. So I just met Griff. We've been, we've known each other for about a year and a half now, which is crazy. Okay. Um, but so, you know, so, so, zip you, squad, so
0: you and him are the dream ahead, team. You and him are a dream team. And that's like something separate or like yes. under, under zip squad or separate from zip squad. How does that work?
1: Uh, separate, separate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is, and this is where it kind of gets kind of, you know, intricate with it. So, you know, Zip Squad is me, Brian Nettles, Big Spit Game, um, my homie Black, my homie PR the Great, um, M. Leto, uh, the homie Alpha, um, Spider, Human Spider, a lot of other producers and special shout out to my man, Timmy, um, you know, just real big Zip supporters and rest in peace to Tron. Um, he passed away uh, last year unfortunately but yeah that was that was a zip squad you know we you know we were coming up with a name and because we all lived all over the country and in leto's case all over the world you know and so the zip of course was like the zip file you know we're sending back and forth with the music wow, um we okay, do now I get like it. superhero music <laughs> wait so pause real quick pause pause real quick uh
0: uh-huh. i just there's there's a couple things that i kind of want to just dig in real quick before before we continue. Got you. Um, so you were a manager and you were not really trying to do rap, right? And then you, you, for whatever reason, got to this point where you met this group of artists and you're like, we could do it together. Maybe not me as an individual, but as a group, this could be something dope. Mm-hmm. How do you yeah. work with folks in different states countries like yeah zip files but how like y'all are running all the same gear all the same software or they just you're sending like actual mp th- waves mp3s and they're like importing them like what does that process look like uh-huh.
1: man that's a so at the beginning i didn't know what the fuck i was doing you know what <laughs> i mean the idea itself i ain't gonna, like, I ain't gonna hold you <laughs> the, the idea sounded better than like the process you know what I mean? Like we had, we had did a, our very first project was called As Promised um, because we were trying to set up this, you know, a lot of uh, what the idea that I had wasn't new to the the not right C-section. You know what I mean? They had they had seen other artists go, yeah, we're going to drop a mixtape. Yeah, we're going to do this and then nothing ever happened. <laughs> so, you know, you're naturally dealing with a lot of cynical people. So now because, you know, I'm, I'm competitive, I'm like, no, I got to drop my shit. We got to figure it out. And I remember... Um I I recorded my half of ass promise at a random apartment in the middle of Savannah, Georgia. It was a white dude. I, I don't know who he was to this day. I don't remember his name. I found him on Craigslist. <laughs> it was a white dude. He had this he had this big ass fucking Rottweiler. I thought I hate dogs. Like I I can't stand them. And so I'm just looking at the dog like, "Yo, man, I'm in this white man's house. He's going to have his dog bite me. I'm going to be fucked up." I ain't never gonna get home to see my kids. I was shook. <laughs> um, and the homie Spees, uh, he did his part in North Carolina. Like we just found a, we just found a, uh, somebody who could do it. And we put it all together. And I mean, as promised, the sound quality is awful. You know what I mean? Like when I go back and listen to it now. So I said, fuck that, we gotta do it again. Cause now I learned a little bit. I moved to Atlanta at this point, And I was like, bet. Let's do just as promise. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> now I
1: got a little more info. Yeah, yeah, it, it, always all, 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 branding is big, man. So I said we're gonna do just as promise. I wanted to sound just like I wanted to sound. I want the art to come out how I want it to look. Um, you know, you want people when they pick them old projects up to say, yo, the they may not be all the way here yet, but I can I can see that upward trajectory, you know what I mean? Always be able to go back and find your old stuff and say, Yeah, they wasn't putting on no bullshit. That was that was my big thing. Um, you know, I, I always was willing to pay a premium to get the best possible product well, that I like could afford.
0: You you want to be proud of it still. You know, you want to put something out that you're still proud of, like yes. that, like maybe it wasn't the tightest, hottest, best sounding shit, but when you go back and listen to it, you're like, I did that, you know, like you're still proud of it.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Look, if, if anybody goes to the band camp and they find a destination, actually, no, that's not even a lie. All Zip Squad projects are now on streaming platforms. Took me a decade. At the time, you know, the, it, there wasn't an option. It was all on Bandcamp or SoundCloud. All of our stuff is there. If you go listen to Destination on Justice Promise, you'll be like, yo, these dudes were dope and they had ideas. Um, with that said, you know what I mean? Uh, hey, yo, and I, I make, got to the can, point where I was like, here's what I'm going to do. Can I make a of comment course.
0: real quick? Yeah, because I feel like. Um, Always. If if zip squad and this is coming just from a like from my point of view as like not knowing you just connected on twitter and i'm like trying to do this interview and i'm search, i'm google searching and i'm i only have your twitter mm-hmm. and i couldn't find more stuff other than the Bandcamp, right so and obviously it's because uh... it's under zip squad so i feel like if mm-hmm. if it's gonna be so, under zip squad then you maybe up... you should push Zip Squad, or make more, make Zip Squad, like, more accessible or more front and center, because then I could have went to, like, the Spotify or the iTunes, like, now I know when I do the description, I'm going to link to so all your Zip out. Squad shit, but it just feel like it was hard mm-hmm. to get to find the oh. bigger thing, you know?
1: Well here's the dope well what I did when I when I put everything up I made sure that I put each and this is this is a part of that idea about making sure that artists can always be found you know what I mean I put up everybody's name including mine so it'll like it may come up as zip squad but if you type in Scorsese like every single thing that I've done will pop up I've been real and that's this is the learning process about making sure so even if and this is what I mean right like if I type in Brian Ennels, it might pop up with his new stuff Infinity Knives but you'll also oh wait what's this just as promised. Wait, lifestyle music. What are all these EPs? Black superhero music. I've never, I didn't even know Brian made this. And then hopefully when they click on it, now they listen to Hassa. Now they listen to Pimp Steam. Now they listen to, you see what I'm saying? Long Nights, Cold Champagne, and Weed Smoke. Like there's so many like dope records. And this was a part of this is why I waited a bit to put it on streaming because I didn't exactly know how to market it. Do I market it as Zip Squad? Which is, again, it's a, it's a conglomerate of people that, just kind of working together. It's a music collective, you know? And then when I got ready to do my own stuff, which is truthfully what happened with uh, with the Zip Squad was everybody was like, yo, we're ready to do a solo project. And I wasn't really ready to do a solo project. I was like, fuck, I wanted to do this other. Yeah. That again, that's my, that's my confidence talking, you know what I mean? And, but it, it also led to the idea and it really kind of led me down the path of the type of music I make now um was getting a chance to hear that because before you know you go back you listen to a lot of the stuff i did on the zip squad eps it's pretty you know basic philly fare you know a lot of punch lines a lot of bars you know what i mean real heavy structure but at at that point when they were like "Yo, we're gonna do the solo so brian innles went to go do candy cigarettes um and big Spit game did i can make your shit tighter i was like oh fuck what am i gonna do And it was funny. One of my homies uh he sent me a link to a uh an old wrestling promo. It was triple H. She was cutting a promo on Lita. Um, and I was like, yo, I want to use that promo in a song. Like I wanna just take this this one piece where he's talking shit and I want to use it as like a hook. And for my money, I had never heard anybody do this. You know what I mean? Like anywhere. And I was like, man, it would be so dope. And So I hit my my man, Lito, like, yo, Lito, I need a beat for this. I need something real dope. I was listening to Mark Berg real heavy, a lot of Rock Marcy at the time. And so I was like, yo, I need a real sample, minimalist. Give me something that I can just rap on. You know what I mean? And so he sent me the beat, and we did this record called The Promo, um, which has that little Triple H joint on it. And it came out so dope. I, I was like, yo, Lito, what if we did a little EP? You know, you produce it. Give me like three to five records. I'll just do three to five records. And when I, when I said I was gonna do it, now Alfie hits me up. He's like, yo, Shells, I got a joint for you. I, it was called Trish Stratus. And he sent me this beat and I, oh man, Monday Night Raw is one of my favorite songs ever. And so I, I did that. It was this real smooth, up-tempo joint. And then we just started doing it. By the time we got done, it emerged it, it from just like an EP it's like this fully formed record. like idea it was like, a yo,
0: record, yeah. It was it was a fucking yeah. album, yeah.
1: I'm gonna call it what it is, man. Like it's a it's a classic. And I, I watched it change a lot of people's opinions on both because like understand, like at this particular time when Twitter's out and people the people made fun of the, the, the cats who sat and watched wrestling on T on TV. Why y'all watching that fake shit, you know it's not real, right? And I'm I'm crying because I'm like Y'all motherfuckers is watching Love and Hip Hop, nigga. Suck a dick. <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> you can't. You can't come at me on some bullshit. Like, you're watching reality TV, but you're gonna tell me the shit that I know is fake. I can't enjoy it. The fuck out of it. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna do this, and I and I, I reimagined it. The idea was that you know, like Stone Cold Steve Austin was a, a, a criminal. You know what I mean? And he just he's fallen slower and slower into like decay. Like his soul is decaying, you know what I mean? Because he sold his soul. He sold the soul to Vince McMahon to win the title and Triple H is, is, is riding shotguns. So we ended up uh, creating this joint called Two Man Power Trip. It's one of my favorite records ever. Um, I believe it's a classic. I believe anybody who listens to it will sit and listen to it and go, holy shit. Um, I'm a better rapper now than I was when I made that. But I still contend that album probably has some of my best like written work. There's so much stuff. Even now when I go back and listen to it, I go, yo, I was rapping my ass off. Yeah. You know what I mean well,
0: I mean, so I mean like that sometimes it's 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 just more and this is like conversations I have with my homies, right? When we like I'm in a rap collective, we all write with each other and we be sharpening our sword like you know, we be we be going kung fu at mm-hmm. each other and um sometimes it always comes up like damn, God. I feel like some of my old shit is more potent or more powerful or like It's more free. Like, there wasn't that added, like, weight and layers of, like, responsibility and family and (laughs) money and making it, you know? Like, there's... It's so much more now when you make a song. It's not just like, let me just rap. You know? It's like, what's the video going to look like? And what's the fucking... What's the photo going to be? And what's the concept? And how are we going to build a whole campaign Mm -hmm. around it?
1: and. See... that's the weird part though with me like all that shit is easy like how i want to present it is easy for me it's all wait a second like one of my one of my homies uh khali shout out the fat cousin um he told me i sent him the project and the first thing he told me was like yo you know like when you release this you're going to limit the number of people who are going to listen to you and i was like what do you mean he's like this type of writing isn't like for regular people they're you, you have to listen to this over and over and over again to peel back every single layer. And I, I actually, somebody told me that, uh, Griff told me that a couple days ago. He's like, yo, your raps are like an onion. You got to just keep peeling the layers back because he's like, there's stuff that you don't get and then you're going to go back and you're going to go live life and then it's going to pop up and you're going to go, oh shit, that's what that motherfucker was talking about. It's just going to, it just pop up. And I'm like, I'd rather rap for them. You know what I mean? And it, it set me down that path as a solo artist of like, I can do this type of rap, and it's cool.
0: I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to like downplay that or minimize it at all. But I almost uh-huh. feel like you could say that about any song or anything you listen to. Like mm. sometimes, like when you're young, like a lot of the stuff we grew up listening to that our parents used to put on for us, we liked it then, you know, and like it made us feel a certain way. But then you hear right. it when you're older, and it's just a whole different thing. It's like a you, you get and I, I and. I mean, I feel like even now, artists the vibe that I was, was listening to, though. the the vibe might be different, but I feel like the uh-huh. life lessons is always based on who's listening to it, you know? Like, what you take from it is always, like, based on who's listening to it. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. how many gems you drop. And I think, like, the new wave of rap actually shows that, right? It's like, people find so much yeah. meaning but, in see, the that's simple, a- people find so much meaning in the simple shit. And it's because it's like, it's always placed on whoever's listening to it to associate meaning and depth mm-hmm. and understanding to the art, you know?
1: I don't disagree with that as a, as a concept, right? The idea that, you know, people are going to associate what they want to associate. But for me, it's always like, yo, if I write this line and I'm thinking about like, how does this line connect with lines like two lines before how does it really kind of expand upon like so my you know my degree is in english you know what i mean so i think about words all the time and i think about like why do i want to use this word instead of this word and sometimes this shit becomes like even paralyzed when i'm writing because my writing it, it, instead of me just kind of being more melodic or playful or just just say how you feel you know what i mean there's a, a there's a record on um, black superhero music called dear father that i just freestyled i just walked up to the boot to the mic and i just said whatever i felt like and i hated it (laughs) and everybody in the room every single person in the room was like yo if you delete that shit we're gonna fuck you up it's perfect
0: so wait because it's just
1: expression of art
0: why do you think you hated it though because you didn't, you because you because it, and let me finish. Why do you think you hated it? it? Was because you didn't think it was thought out and it was sloppy and it was quick and it was like maybe not the most technical or the most like or like what or <laughs> or was it the fact that yep. it was too raw and it was like it was like this unrefined like uncut gem, you know? So what mm. was it about it that made you hate
1: it? I- Definitely the former. Um, sitting down and looking and because I, you know, my mentally, man, I never want somebody to listen to something that I do, and go, eh, he's all right. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I pride myself. I pride myself on my bars. I pride myself on what but, I'm saying. But see, like that, and that's what that's what's hard. That's what I mean by that. I mean, when I, like, you know, I talk about that confidence thing. That's what I mean, right? See, I feel like the confidence
0: thing is because you're associating it like you're associating your performance with what other people are going to think about it and that is not mm-hmm. an objective truth it's super subjective so <laughs> and i'll tell you like you of course you, you might think you go off yep. on some shit and you might think you went super in and everything was high level technical and all the fucking punchlines, and everything was there references and then someone will hear it and be like ah, that's all right
1: That's the, so that's the, and I think what you're talking about right there, that was what I had to kind of break myself of, of that idea about like, yo, what if somebody doesn't like this? What if somebody hears this and they go, eh, I don't know, it's cool. Cause that, what you're, that right there, that's what happened when we did uh, Just As Promise. And there were some people who were like, eh, you know, shells is cool we really like Big Spit Game. Well, Brian Enos is way better, da-da-da-da-da. Shells is cool. And it used to eat at me because I was like, yo, man, I'm rapping and I'm really dope. And why don't they get it? And then I kind of realized that it was a waste of time. And I think that Dear Father moment of them just, like, listening and going, yo, bro, you touched my heart with that shit. And, and learning how to, and, you know, shout out to the homie uh Um, he told me the same shit. Yo, keep everything. Don't delete. That was one thing I had to learn. Don't delete shit in the studio. Because sometimes your first shit is probably your raw shit. And you, because in your mind, like, oh, I didn't say the word the, I should have said the, or uh, (laughs) I did like this. And now you, you, you fuck around and spend an hour in the studio trying to fix one line, one word. And the only person you rapping is the audience of you. You know what I mean? But and like that as an a, these artist. These are lessons though, that I've learned over time. About, you're your like,
0: worst you know? critic though as an artist. Like you're your worst critic as an artist, you know? Like Absolutely. that. And you have to be at some point. But everything comes with balance and there has to be a sense of like compassion and understanding. And I think I I've really found this recently is that like I got to that point where I'm like, yeah, people might think I'm whack. So then I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want and whoever thinks it's tight they're going <laughs> to think it's tight and like whoever thinks it's whack they're yep. going to think it's whack and i'm just going to be and i i and i, I i'm going to i noticed that you know your description was like wrestling references offbeat fucking you know these type of samples and so yeah you're in your own lane so why care you know and and and, yep. and just go go in and don't you know don't associate <laughs> so much worth to other people's opinions you know
1: oh i agree like it that was that's i think that lesson right there is probably the biggest one from two-man power trip until now was that you know because i i was upset like well so i um the two-man power trip cover is actually uh triple h and stone cold steve austin in, in the classic raekwon pose from only built for cuban links you know what i mean it's a really i love i love the art um my homie uh Infinite Mind Warp did it. And I watched here in in, in the, the DC, Maryland, Virginia area where I live now. I watched artists start doing the same thing. You know, now all of a sudden the dude is posting a joint with a, a Shawn Michaels sample, or a dude is taking this, or a dude is, and you're just like, yo, you know, like for me, I'm just I'm just doing this as a as a I just want to make music, you know what I mean? And I'm watching people kind of take it. so it was like. I'm listening to these dudes and I'm like, they're not better than me, but why do people like this shit? And then I had to let it go. I had to let that go because that shit was, was paralyzing, you know what I mean? Like the idea that I'm, I know I'm better than this dude, but why don't people rock with it? To now with Catchpoint, uh, like um, I had a wild ass migraine like two days ago, like the day I dropped Catchpoint, you know, dropped the, the remix project, The Dream Team and I couldn't even promote it the way I wanted to promote it. I you know, I had to shut everything down. I woke up the next day to like 40 emails. People are just, you know, purchasing catch point showing support or moving it and I,
0: that shit's cracking, bro. Yeah, like
1: I and it was crazy like I was like, yo, this shit is so dope and you know what I mean? I'm, you know, it, it, even then, like I got the lights off, I got my hoodie on because I'm, I'm in the house and trying to
0: your, your you know, head's pounding and yeah, yeah, sounding sound, sound light <laughs> sensitivity,
1: right? All that shit. The vertigo was kicking in, and I was just like, but I was so geek because I, I, I was shocked, like yo. And now, even now, like, I, you know, I keep seeing people like talk about it, and it shit, it shit blew my mind because it lets me know that like what I've been doing is is working and it's resonating you know what i mean so no, fuck the people who ain't listening yeah and you like, know and le- not le- in a, le- a negative way
0: no yeah definitely like not <laughs> no i mean wish them all the best but you know they're not giving you their best so mm-hmm. why do you care um but yeah let's let's transition into catch point uh it's a <laughs> remix record uh, a remix of what am i missing something like every track is a remix but what are y'all remixing are there your own songs are those like are those big uh, songs that I, that have flown under my uh-huh. radar? Like what? What? What exactly are those remixes? You know.
1: This is the so um the dream team. The dream team is myself and uh, Jason Griff. Jason Griff. Yeah, shout out to Jason Griff. I hate that motherfucker. I hate my own producer. I make sure I tell everybody that, that shit all the time. Hey, you know
0: what? You know what? Shout out to my boy <laughs> Richie Jams, because I hate that fool too. But he, you know, he's like responsible for some See? of my most
1: fire records. You feel me? Exactly. That's what that's what pisses me off. I gotta and you look, man. Fuck Jason Griff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck Richie Jams. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know me? You know what I mean? You always do the shit to other motherfuckers, man. That's the worst shit ever. You hear a, a, a dope Jason Griff beat like damn! You couldn't email me that, nah. <laughs> uh, so check this out, right? Um, about a year and a half ago, give or take, um, me and a uh, manager, uh, wrestler extraordinaire Stokely Hathaway. Um, he's now on NXT as Michael Bivins. Um, he's the guy, very top of my shirt right here. You know what I'm saying? Um, he and I kind of got together, and I was like, yo. Uh, I want to write a song, like an entrance song for you. So when you walk out to the ring, they'll play it. And he was like, yo, that would be a dope idea. Would you, you don't mind? I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And so I wrote this song um, called Blood on the King's Sleeve. And he would, every time he came out to the ring, like that would play. And so as a a pro wrestling fan um, and somebody who goes to a lot of independent wrestling shows, it was always ill to kind of be in the crowd and you hear you hear your voice come over like the speakers, and people are are clapping along to your song. And they're like, "Yo, that shit is dope." Who the fuck is? And I would be like, "Yo, that's me." And they're like, "What?" You know. And it was a great it was a great promo tool. You know what I mean? Um, he would use my music in his videos on Twitter. Um, he used one of my songs for him in Dallas as a you know as like a segue joint. And, and I was like, "Yo, what if I did like a mixtape?" You know, like I get like a couple of tracks. I go record a mixtape. Called the Dream Team, you know, which, it was, which was at the time, it was the name of like his fictional like management group. You know what I mean? It was like the stable of wrestlers that he managed uh, was the Dream Team. And he was like, yo, that would be ill. So I I went and I started recording a couple of joints. I did this mean like five-minute freestyle over like three Rick Ross beats um, called the Maybach Melody. I uh, did this joint over the Kill, the Kill Jill record um, that I can't. Yeah, you know that it was the uh, the big boy kill a mic joint. And for whatever reason, I can't upload it because the sample gets kicked every time I try. So it's, it's vaporware now. And then I did like two or three other records. And while I was doing that at the time, I was also working on a remix project for my other album called World Only Gods Know that, I, that me and Alfie did together. And
0: that was the um, last shit that I just heard that was like pretty fucking dope, bro. But that came out a while ago already though
1: right like yeah so a world only gods know came out 2 years ago now uh, a remix only gods know which is my first time really kind of like yo i want to remix a couple of songs that i did on this what are your favorite? and i would i would ask the people who bought my record i'd ask people on my my uh, twitter hey what's the what are the songs you really liked on this project you know and one of the the, the big piece of feedback that i got um, from a world only gods know uh, people were really kind of, like, afraid of, like, all the live instruments and shit. Like, God knows all live instruments. You know, there's some samples and stuff.
0: I mean, that's probably why I fuck with it, because if you ever listen to my music, like, it's live instrumentation heavy. Like, yeah. that's like where I lean to. I started off with a band, so I always try to have well, live instrumentation, so that's probably why I, I like it so much.
1: Thank you. I it's, it's one of my favorite projects, man. I love that shit. And... But they were like, "Yo, what if you did like?" And my the homie Zilla again. He was like, "Yo, what if you did like some East Coast kind of like sample based shit with some of your joints? That way, people go back and they hear those and they get this." Uh, so one of the people he linked me with was Jason Griff. Gotcha. And so Jason actually, if you go look up, listen to the remix, "Only Gods Know." He actually remixed the title track, "A World Only Gods Know." Um, and I was sitting with him, and he was like, yo, I really dig this. I like your sound. I was like, yo, thanks, bro. And kind of started connecting on like some human shit. You know what I mean? Well, he sent me this beat uh, that eventually became the song called Death by Roll Up on uh, with Mr. Lift. That's on Dream Team and Stokely Hathaway joint. And he was just like, yo, yeah, I sent you this beat. You don't got to do anything with it. And I always look at that as like a challenge. Anytime a producer sends you a beat, like you do not when you ask him, but when he sends it, you're like I gotta fuck this shit up, because if I don't, or if I gonna just sit on it. They're not gonna send you the
0: next beat that they <laughs> fucking think about you for, yeah.
1: Exactly, exactly. And so I, I sat and I wrote this verse. Um, it, you know, a gorgon of Vipe, a poisonous sniper, a molding disciples holding the rifle, cocoa my knife, low watching it cycle. Like I was just spazzing, double time flow, was real dope. Uh. And I, I went and I recorded it right away and I sent it to him, like immediately. And I didn't even have an idea for the hook. So I just took like the Stokely Hathaway sample that I had from a, uh, a promo he did. I just added it. It's like, yo, that's the song. And he was just like, yo, this is nuts. And it just so happened that Jason's also like a big wrestling fan, Independence and, you know, mainstream stuff. So he knew who Stokely was. And I was like, Yo. What if you and I sat and we just turned the Dream Team mixtape into the Dream Team album? And he was like, yo, I'm down to do that. That sounds real ill. And that's how it got started, where we just started building this album. And so we, we went with the idea. Obviously, Stokely Hathaway is a, he's a manager. Uh, you know, he's a heel manager for those who don't know the, so the it, lingo.
0: I'm sorry, like it is this shit way over my head? Like are all the titles and all the track names are all like wrestling (laughs) references. And that's, that's where the, that's where the samples are coming. That's what the remix is about. Or like, and the beats Mm -hmm. are, the beats Mm -hmm. are original, but it's uh, like, I'm, I'm confused still about where. So
1: all the, no, I got you. I got you. So, so check this out. So dream team, the project, all of the, the song titles are wrestling. They're wrestling related. Right. So, like when I said, like Bobby Heenan and dreams, Bobby Heenan, of course, was a manager. Um, you know, Robin Peter, paying Paul Heyman. Pa- Paul Heyman, of course, is a manager. Um, Slick, when I did the joint called Slick Talk, Slick was a, a former manager. All of them are, are those. The song I did with Vic Spencer called Flex Cavanna. Flex Cavanna was The Rock's original wrestling name before he became The Rock.
0: Ah, see, yeah. You know? Unless you and know, so, you don't know. Right? So, I
1: wanted the idea to do you know, yeah exactly so when you then when you go back and you hear it and you're like dang he said, i'm pushing rock like flex like cavana you know what i mean so like i'm before you even know who i am i'm somebody special you know Um, so we built it all off of that and like the last song is called the third man which is based off of like the uh did you watched um the the michael jordan john last night uh
0: last dance i'm not caught up honestly i've been i'm like i'm still on the only okay. up on episode six or seven or some shit eight maybe but Oh, okay. There's only ten, right? Well, the,
1: the, the like the last. There's only ten. Yeah, the so, last so story I'm they probably told on like, actually I'm probably on level.
0: like six. Then honestly. Oh well, shit! I don't want to. I
1: don't want to burn it for you. No, man. I mean, I nah,
0: when I watch, it, I'm still gonna get all emotional and cry and be all inspired. So yeah, just fucking. <laughs> for, this is not about me, bro. Tell hey, the like, people, like, so what? Yeah, make the reference. Fuck
1: it. Well, shit. Well, yeah. So the the last song on the Dream Team is a record called "The Third Man." Um, which was based off of the uh, the original NWO, which is like, they didn't know who the third man was. You got these two MCs. Um, it was uh, Zilla Rocca and the homie Curly Castro from the Wrecking Crew. And then me, I was the third man. Um, originally, I wanted to do something different, but we just ended up rocking like that. Well, people really dug the dream team. Um, this was the first, uh, me and Gris first look real like kind of outing. People were rocking with it. And, me and Griff started working on a new project called Midnight Express. And so we knew we weren't going to have it done for at least, you know, I think like another month. It's it's currently in a mixing, mastering now. Um, And we were like, yo, what if we do a a remix project? Like we did with the remix only gods know. And so catch point is actually the second, uh, Keel Group that Stokely Hathaway managed. So he had Dream Team, then he had Catchpoint, uh, which is why the so first project is called Dream Team.
0: That's the reference. The
1: second part is called God. Catchpoint. That's the reference for those who get it. um And you go look it up. That's where that comes from. That's why after the Dream Team has to be Catchpoint. You know, and so it started with Zilla. Actually, so this um, is
0: like I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is like this is like a deep, deep concept album. Like this is. Like this little strand you're doing is like deeply oh. conceptual, like so it's like so conceptual mm-hmm. that like it's its own niche, you know, like and you're exactly. you're, you're, you're talking to wrestling well, fans. like this is a project for wrestling fans, essentially.
1: this is This is a project for wrestling fans. It's a project for fans of and that was the, that was the the conversation that Griffin and I had was like, you know, the wrestling references, the stuff that people may or may not get, that's cool. But is it still the type of rap that we grew up on? And is it something that if I play for somebody who isn't a wrestling fan, will they like it? Hmm. You know, if they like, you know, East Coast based boom bap hip hop shit. You know what I mean? Do they like ill references? Do they like dope rhymes? Do they like mean rhyme schemes? Do they like dope beats, you know, from an East Coast base? You know, know, we'll be real like, you know. And that was that was where we every time that we kind of wrapped around or or, or like I would go off the reservation with some shit, he'd be like, "Nah, I'll come back, let's do this." And you so know,
0: that was another question because it's you say East Coast based, and yeah, I heard I heard a lot of East Coast shit, but Griff is from Chicago, am I right? Mm-hmm. But you don't get like a lot of the Chicago yep. soul sound, like the lot. You don't really. I mean maybe I'm wrong cuz I haven't gone haven't heard enough records but I don't feel like you get that typical Chicago sound that people relate with like soul samples Kanye West Chance the yeah, Rapper Saba type yeah. shit you know like
1: Absolutely. So Griff is even though he's from Chicago um he spent a lot of time in New York. Um if you you can you know if you ask Griff yourself he'll tell you a lot of his uh the stuff that he pulls from as far as like his own is like, you know, like LP, Def Jux, you know, um, the Fantastic Damage, Aesop Rock. Um he used to work with Mr. Lift, um, you know, managing his website and stuff like that. So it's a it's that definitely that more like darker New York underground sound. Now for me, that stuff is uh stuff that I've and truthfully, because like I said, I grew up on more like mainstream East Coast shit. You know what I mean? And I only really got back into that sound later on as I grew up. That, that, what you were talking about, right? Like make the music. And if it's, if it's good, people will come back and they'll recognize it. And uh, that's so when you hear Griff sound, you hear a lot of that. And even for me, like I, when I send Griff samples, I'll be like, yo, Griff, this is what I want to hear. And he may send it back chop way different than I thought. I was like, <laughs> eh, I want you to do it like this. Because it's a, and it's a balance. And this, this is where like us, us building a, a friendship comes in. Because I can I can say, yo, Griff, I like it if you do it like this, you know, or I can send him a sample where he doesn't feel like, oh, this motherfucker sent me this hey, shit. I'm not doing that shit.
0: Not only that, though, uh, just for, I'm going to be 100% transparent and honest, like, when we first started following each other and I was looking at your tweets and the couple interactions we had and I was thinking about having you as a guest and I hadn't actually done any research yet, I thought you were a producer. Like, I just, that's... That was the vibe I got. I got, like, a producer vibe, you know? And yeah. now you're telling me, See, you know, I, you do the sampling and you kind of have an idea of where, like, chops and breaks and hits go. So I feel like yeah, yeah. I got that vibe just, just off of, like, the things you would talk about, like, as far to, like the verses battles and the comments you would make about music and pop music. Like, I thought you were more of a producer than a, than a lyricist, yeah. honestly. And
1: Absolutely. I can tell you, so... um if I ever could have sat down and learned, I would have probably liked to be a producer just because that shit is it's just interesting to me. Like, watching producers make music is interesting as fuck to me. You know, like, um one of my one of my closest friends, he always told me, like, yo, you're the only person who can just sit and watch me, like, listen to a hundred different snares. As you're like... Like, that shit... Yeah. And they're all so minuscule and... Yeah. And he's just like, you... Like, other, like... MCs, they're just like, man, just send it to me when it's done. You know, I don't, I don't know a note. I can't play shit. I don't know how to do any of that. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna act like I do. But I know it sounds good. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's that's where me and Griff kind of come in, where I'll hear something, and I'm like, yo, like, like there's a uh Austin's theory, aka the limit breaker is the remix on catch point. Like that little, oh sound you know what i mean like when he first sent me the beat i was like yo you need to add that little like rizza like ice water kind of sound to it and he was like no nah, no nah, it sounds good i'm like bro i'm telling you if you add that it's gonna change like the complexion of this record like, like make little, it more crunchy make it real haunting. yeah yeah
0: make it like make yeah, it a little bit more yeah. like 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 lo-fi for lack of a better term because lo-fi is something different now but like back then it's like mm-hmm. literally like Just like a a low, like a a low raw sample at a low sample rate that just kind of like sounds creepy because it's fucking a little off, you know.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And like that's that's where all those like sensibilities come in. You know what I mean? Like I like rapping over weird shit. I like rapping over regular shit too. But give me something that's gonna challenge me and make me kind of rap, you know, a little off kilter, a little off beat, you know, like my favorite my favorite rappers were always the dude who sounded different on the record for better or worse. You know what I mean? Like out of the Wu-Tang, I love the RZA, you know, out of the locks. I love Sheik, you know, out of Capone and Noriega, I love Nori, you know, and, you know, Havoc. I like Havoc a little more than I like Prodigy and not because they are like, you know, better MCs or different. They just sound like they were fucking enjoying themselves. You know what I mean? like rap should be fun like mu- making music should be fun i've never gone to like a studio and not had fun you know
0: i i mean i i don't i don't disagree with you but as someone who's like trying to live off music and who at some point sees this industry as a job like there's definitely times where i'm doing shit mm-hmm. for music whether i'm writing, recording or shooting some shit and just because like I'm over it, like I'm not having fun, you know? But <laughs> but we gotta finish. We have a deadline and there's like where there's there's a goal that we're trying to meet and I you know, I I take always. on that situation and be fucking professional and just get the shit done and, you know, like and sometimes it's not always fun, you know, when you're when you're doing the shit or trying or hoping or praying or Working well, towards doing this shit as a high level, you know, that at some point, like, there is that's a moment a where, like
1: I, like, I don't, I don't mean from the, like, the, the other, the other like, 98% of this shit for the, <laughs> yeah. for the, you know, for the MC, like the two, the, the, the fun shit is when you're in the studio, you know, you could be drinking, smoking, you're, you know, you're making music, you, if you got your boys with you or somebody else with you, you're having a good time, you know, because you want that energy, whatever, whatever it is you're trying to, like, relate. And when you get that song back and you're listening to yourself, and you're like, oh, God, I can't, I'm so happy with this shit. That shit's fun. Now, all the other shit. Yeah, that's like two uh, seconds. That's like two ordered. seconds of the whole shit. <laughs> yeah. No, that's why I said. It's that 2% versus the 98%. Yeah. Like the 98% is I'm dealing, I, you know, I'm, I'm arguing with a, with a an engineer now about getting the song mixed the way I want it mixed. And, you know, the whole, you know, Corona got me. I can't go to L.A to be like yo what's good I already paid you like I need this shit done the way I want it done. You know what I mean? So, and is that so, something
0: that you did often? Like you flew over to LA, you were in LA often? Like or
1: Not really. Actually, um that was the first that wasn't the first time, that's a lie. Um a world only gods know was really the f- no, I'm lying again. Shit. Black superhero music was the first time where I got to sit with the producer and make music. Usually it was, hey, send me the send me the MP3, I'll write to it, I'll go record it, I'll zip down my files, I'll send them to you, I get the song back when it's done. Um Black Superhero Music was actually the first time I got to meet the entire Zip Squad in person. Like we were all in like the same room, we had we booked out a studio for 3 days in Atlanta and we just we made that made that whole album, you know what I mean? Um then for a world only guys you know me and alpha me and alpha would meet up you know at least like i think it was like two or three times a year he would just make music i would write or live and experience and then we would get together and we would just make songs you know and then for the record i did with the homie panels um out in la i was like yo yo i i got a week off how about i just come out there and record it with you and we can we can sit in the studio record listen to it you know, you can tell me like what you like, what you don't. And it was beneficial because some of my delivery that I, that I came in with, he was like, nah, I want you to do it like this. And he was like, oh, nah, flip this. You know what I mean? And it's very rare that like, I go into the studio and get produced. You know what I mean? I tend to do all the producing, like, even like my, I got a session on Saturday, uh, with the nation gang, um, which is an offshoot of the zip squad. Um, I, I got to produce in there. You know what I mean? I don't get to have fun. You know, I, I, I'm going to be rapping, but f- most of it's going to be like, yo, we got to get this done. Yeah, this you're going to
0: be like the project manager and making Correct. sure that people are doing what they got to do and the time limits met Correct. and all that shit.
1: Correct. You know, making sure everybody's on point that we're getting stuff done and the, and the money that we're spending is being spent properly. You know what I mean? And I feel you. That's, that comes from that
0: so can we transition real quick because uh you said you're you're working right now and obviously like we're living in a a wild time and in like the you know unprecedented times and so coronavirus shit like you're an essential worker you're working you you're not having any kind of financial troubles right now and music does music was music a source of income and now it's not, or was music always just like something that you were, you were just doing heavy on the side that you didn't, it, it didn't matter if it was, you know, profiting shows or merch or whatever. So I, like, I'm just curious about your whole financial situation, living situation, no, being safe. If anybody you know has been like infected by like, yeah. how have you been affected by Corona musically and, You know, if you have a nine to five, Mm -hmm. if you're essential, like what's that experience been like?
1: Well, it's it's funny. Um, Coronavirus has given me both like additional time and it's also thrown me off. Like I'm really I'm routine oriented. You know what I mean? I get up at a certain time. I leave the house at a certain time. I get to my desk at a certain time, all that. Now I work from home and Um, functionally, you know, my, the way my job is set up, uh, I really only work when I'm needed. Um, and with, uh, the school year kind of closing out, I'm good. So I, you know, I'll be paid the remainder of my contract. I haven't missed any money or anything, um, which has been dope. You know, it's it's allowed me to really kind of like spend time with my kids. Um, you know, I've, I've been able to play video games again. Um, you wake up in the morning, not feeling stressed out. I can grab a cup of coffee and just sit on my, sit on my porch, you know, my old man shit and kind of think I can go for a walk and write a rap, play music. Um, one thing it did force me to do though, was, uh, purchase my own recording equipment in the house. Um, traditionally my studio is up in Baltimore. Um, shout out to the homie, uh, money most flies on studios. And this is the same, he's the same engineer. He's been recording me for almost a decade now. You know what I mean? See, like I go to him. That's I the I crazy him. shit
0: about the East Coast is that like it's so dense over there and like it's easy to cross so many states. So like you have people from technically mm-hmm. different regions who are so accessible by just like a short travel, you know. That shit's wild.
1: Exactly. And you know, I could we I could go there and I could just sit with him for, you know, eight, nine, ten hours, whatever it is, and just make music. And the best part is is that we've been working together for so long, I don't have to say certain shit. You know what I mean? So like, if I say, if I walk out the booth and I just finished a verse and I'm like, damn, maybe I said, he's like, you already fixed it. I know what you're about to say that the third word here, I nudged it for you. I did this little, I added an effect uh, to it. He's already done yeah, the yeah, shit. Yeah. He
0: knows like, he knows. and it, you know, it, It's always funny because then when I work sound. with other
1: engineers yeah. and they don't do that shit and I'm like, this shit, what are you doing, <laughs> you know? Um, which I always gotta kinda check my privilege for that. Cause you know, again, I ain't gonna tell them that your shit just fell out on us, you know what I mean?
0: I will though. <laughs> I will though. I was about to nah, and here's the shit, here's the shit, is like uh my my brother works in IT, right? And so our complex has mm-hmm. like high level Wi-Fi. And so usually when calls drop and shit, I'm like, that was your shit, it wasn't my shit. But uh uh homie hit me up like, yo, the shit dropped, and I was like, Damn, it was my shit this time.
1: (laughs) Let's go. All right, so right right before... Every once in a while.
0: (laughs) Yeah, every once in a while, it's my fault for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, right before we drop, though, we were talking about how coronavirus has affected your process. You used to have a dope-ass producer who knew your 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 vibe you know knew where you wanted your edits knew how you liked your shit to sound and where like to be at and then you had to invest in your own equipment and do your own recording and that's where you're at right mm. now so what has that yeah. been
1: like oh, shit. Uh, uh back to that that feeling of like man am i doing this shit right you know what i mean like when you're when you're learning a new skill or i guess in my case um like i've recorded vocals before Um, you know like on a little inbox setup Um, and it was pretty simple but you know recording yourself is is a whole nother animal because now you're listening like I don't even got somebody else I can bounce it off of you know what I mean like yo tell me what you think about this you know I gotta judge myself and so when you're at that point where you're like oh is this good is this bad or you know you're not getting that instant like in-studio feedback like somebody like bobbing their head or the, the stone face of like, yo, this shit is awful. And then you're like, okay, I know it's bad. I can go back. Um, and then just like the technical side of it, like do the vocals sound good? You know, are they clean? Can somebody mix them if I give them to them? So just again, you know, learning new shit and, you know, I'm doing like a ton of research on you know, the best place to put my mic and what should I have covering around it? Should I, you know, all that shit. So you had never but, done
0: any kind of engineering or like any kind of managing the board recording in any session before where you were the one actually like hitting record and and kind of like telling people to do it again or you know fucking with the levels you never did any of that before this.
1: Uh super basic um when I was working with the Carolina Boys uh, we had bought an inbox setup. I think it was like an inbox 1 inbox 2. Um I remember we bought it we got the whole setup computer in box off of eBay. I think we paid like 600 bucks for the whole thing. Uh and it wasn't it wasn't nothing um too good, but we were able to get our that's actually one of I ended up getting shot when we recorded their project at their house and when we were taking the hard drive uh to the studio to get it mixed that shit happened. Um and is that because yeah, the that studio was... was
0: in a neighborhood? Oh, you know what? We, we, we we're trying not to get into that, huh? My bad. It's um,
1: all good. Nah, the studio was. It was uh, <laughs> like I because nah, that the studio that, was off of a sheriff road.
0: Yeah, you know what? Let's not, because then I'm gonna have to ask you yeah. if you're affiliated, and we don't got to we don't got to <laughs> go there. We don't got to go. Nah, there.
1: we good money. We good money. Respect.
0: So. Uh... Are you working on a new project right now, or what have you been doing yeah. during rona musically like you got yeah. the studio are you just you you're, you still have shit that was like lined up that you're trying to keep your own personal deadlines on, or are you creating like new music in this situation? Yes. what's happening
1: so one of the um i before uh Corona landed um I had actually already canned. Uh, four projects um, not including Catch Points. So out, the project I did of course in LA uh, with panels on the East Hampton Polo Boys um, this, we call that the Summer Catalog uh, then the project the new project me and Griff have excuse me and that's entitled Midnight Express. So the Midnight Express uh, the concept is it was a uh, older um, tag team and the third member of the tag team always would switch. The constant was always the manager and the the main wrestler guy or whatever. So this is still, rest- um, this this is still wrestling. This still wrestling
0: references essentially the Midnight.
1: Not as not as much, not as much. It was more of the the idea of what the Midnight Express represented. The Midnight Express was one of the best tag teams of like ever. You know what I mean? Like you, you ask anybody, they'll, they'll bring them up. Um, but the thing, the key to them was, was that the third person always rotated. So for the nine songs, eight of them have a guest. Um, so it's me and like a guest with the the constant being the production. Um, and, you know, uh, all all rappers, all artists say this shit. But I love this record. Um, I can't wait for people to hear it.
0: But this one, you recorded um, yourself and you're doing your own vocals and you're sending it out and everybody, this is like no, a quarantine no, 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 record? Or is this, this pre-quarantine? This was already done. okay.
1: It was pre-quarantine. We finished it up. It's just now in the process of getting mixed and mastered. Uh, shout out to Steel Tip Steel Tip Dove. He's doing that right now. Um, the third record is the Nation Gang, uh, the Domination album. Um, so Nation Gang is me, uh, PR The Great, Black, and Big Spit Game. Um, we got production from Sonny Jim, uh, production from The Expert, production from uh, Chileon Davis, and... That's one more person. Oh, Panels and Wavy to God. So this is a real East Coast heavy sample based project. Um, we had did two mixtapes already and they were like pure like East Coast style mixtapes over other people's beats. Um, those are on SoundCloud. You can find those. Uh, and then the last project is with a producer from the UK, Rigger Um, It's called Centers in the Sun, S-O-N. Um, real personal project. Uh, that we're just kind of waiting to get that mixing process started. Um, with my equipment, the stuff I've been recording, it's actually just been guest verses. Um, oh, I've literally like, just been like features. telling like, I tweet it every morning. You're Doing
0: features right now. You're, doing, you're just knocking yep. out features right now.
1: Just knocking out features. Anything like yo? I ask producers. You charge you ask for anybody? Them? Nope. Not right now. I wanna. I wanna get that out there where it's hmm. like yo. Talk to I'll let your boy. You already know i at let your boy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I'm a. I'm a believer. Like, if the, the first thing I give you is good enough, the second time around, you know, we can talk. You know, and I don't. I don't say that I'm. You know, I'm Scorsese, man. If I can't. If I can't paint pictures. If I can't write. If I can't create. And so it's led to a lot of opportunities. Um, I did a record with Iceberg Theory. Uh, who's really kind of, you know, his, his name is rising right now. I did a song with the homie Luke Killer um, called Wrestling Fans, um, and he sent me some new stuff that I'm going to work on. Uh, I did some verses for a couple of other MCs. Uh, just anybody, like, yo, if you got an open verse, send it to me, tell me the topic. I guarantee you within 12 hours you'll get the verse back. Okay. Um, I, That's I, I a guarantee. Damn. I'm gonna And it's going to be heat. I don't send no bullshit. I don't put my name on nothing that I can't guarantee the person not gonna say, yeah, I'm glad I, I reached out to you. You know what I mean? Um and that's really that's really what I've been doing. Like, yo, just send me something and I'll get I'll get to it. If you're working on a compilation project, if so, you just need a verse.
0: So you were you were one of you're one of those artists that like had shit stacked up. So when this hit, you kinda had shit ready to drop regardless, right? While other people were kind of like maybe in the middle of something or Mm -hmm. about to work on something, your shit was kind of like, you already had it like done and ready to go. Um, Now you're doing features and shit. So essentially like, what do you see for the future of, you know, like, is there a bunch of stuff? I figure. I figure. If you have stuff stacked up, you probably had stuff that you were planning to do, right? So, is is there stuff that you're still planning to do that you're gonna get done while you're recording yourself, or are you gonna wait until you and your boy can meet back up to like finish other projects that you had in the shoot?
1: Nah, I am of the opinion the way I'm kind of looking at this music and kind of presenting this music, um, you know, me and me and Griff. We're calling this shit winning season. You know what I mean? Uh, we want this to be our winning season. You know you know how you have like those, uh, you, to use a sports analogy, that, that rebuilding team and, you know, your first year, you got the rookies and they got to get through the rookie mistakes. Second year, they should be playing a little bit better. By that third and fourth and fifth year, they should be reaching their prime. You know what I mean? And we're, we're at that stage now. We should be reaching our prime. Dream team was Dream Team was the rookie season. You know, we got that rookie of the year honored. Then we saw we dropped catch point. Catch point gets that. Now I mean so I'm that, not even gonna lie to you. So seeing the, the buzz behind catch point has re energized me entirely. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: No, no, no. I'm I didn't mean to cut you off, but I I'm I just wanted to make sure. So like you and Griff and the mm-hmm. wrestling kind of um homage references, like that's the path forward for you right now, then that's kind of what y'all are gonna keep dropping, or or is there we're
1: so Griff and I So it's it's myself, Jason Griff, and the homie Alex Ludovico, uh, we call ourselves the Fedora boys. Um and we have really been kind of talking about like how we want to present like our music going forward. You know, again, I'm always kind of forward thinking like how I want these Jones to, to, to be pushed and presented because it matters, you know what I mean? How each project rolls out. Like East Hampton Polo Boys doesn't sound like anything that me and Griff are doing, you know what I mean? Uh Sinners in the Sun doesn't sound like East Hampton Polo Boys. Um, But then you hear Midnight Express. Midnight Express has that. You can clearly see like, okay, Dream Team, Catchpoint, Midnight Express is this really different thing. And then when we get to the Fedora Boys and we drop that, it's going to be like, oh, we see what they were doing. And again, it's all about building a stable, strong catalog of constant growth. You know what I mean? Even like the Nation Gang Project, you know, uh, that right there is is us really kind of diving into like this certain chamber of music and saying we're going to you know, like boat shoes or toast, and it's real opulent and lush. And you know, what I'm saying again, you know, a couple of couple of instruments, a lot of samples, real heavy drums, and you know, really just and, and lyrics and bars. And yo, we want you to feel something. We want you to hopefully put Nation Gang on that Domination Project at the cookout. So you what, know you're, what, I mean? what
0: you're saying is you're gonna keep the diverse sounds and styles and different arrangements of artists and MCs and like that's going to continue to be something that you grow in, but the shit you're dropping with Griff right now is like at a mature stage, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be the end all of what you do. You're still keeping it, you're still keeping it, you know, uh, open to all these other styles and all these other combinations and collaborations and all that shit.
1: Hmm. Absolutely, man. I, I tell all producers, um, One thing I pride myself on is being able to write what they want. You know what I mean? Um, If you know, I'm not a commercial dude. I'm not doing this to be to blow up and be a a commercial artist or famous or anything like that. You know, I want to make music that that people like. I want to make music that you listen to, that you you know you work out to. I want to make music that you throw your headphones on when you're having a shitty day and you just you know what I mean. And you just wanna think. That's
0: just a crazy know. uh trajectory, you know. You you went from the dude who didn't think his raps were good enough or didn't you know didn't have the confidence to actually drop a record to now saying I could rap whatever people want to hear me rap, you know, and that's like yep that's a whole life journey, you know, it's, and that's a trip to, like, like yeah. see that, that progression, just in this conversation, to see that progression, you know, from, like, where you came from and where you're at now, where, like, you didn't even want to rap before, and now you're just, like, mm-hmm. I can rap on anything, like, that's some real growth, you know, and that's, that's some inspirational
1: shit right there. I mean, I can tell you um, a lot of that came from Dream Team and Catch Point. You know, I'm rapping with some of my my own personal like favorite MCs, people that I like to listen to. And these are dudes that before I was like, man, I don't want to reach out to them to ask for a verse. Because, you know, I in my head, I was already talking myself out of it. Versus like, fuck that, your pen is good enough. You know, and, and when I got that feedback, even from like I said, catch point, me and uh me and the homie Alaska Adams. If you don't know Alaska Adams, uh, world famous Adams Family, Hanger 13. You know, Def Jooks, you know, he's one of the, he's on the fucking Cold Vein. You know what I mean? He's on the fucking Cannibal Ox. <laughs> like, like, he's a fucking legend. And, you know, he tells me, yo, shells, I like when you said this, this is dope. Yeah, that, yeah you know, that's
0: the ultimate validation and shit. That's right the there.
1: ultimate validation. Like, there's like you can't tell me shit. This motherfucker rap with Vortal. You feel what I'm saying? I feel you. Oh. All right, I,
0: so we've we've been rocking out for over an hour now, and uh, uh-huh. I wanted to bring it back just so we can give you a proper um, exit and outro. But there's yes, one thing that I wrote down on my notes that I haven't touched on, and I just want to like bring it up. Um, I came across a record with Killer Mike on it. Am I mistaken ah, that you did a record no. with Killer Mike? Yes, sir. So if you want to just, I'm um, that shit, you know, as I was, you know, as, <laughs> as a rapper and someone, you know, doing research and, you know, you're a guest and I have a lot of respect for Killer Mike outside of music and all that. So I'm just curious, like, what, um, how did that come about? You know, what's that relationship mm-hmm. like? And like, did that record do something for you and your reputation like did he push it or did you know like how like let me know i'm, I'm curious yeah. about how that whole thing worked out like was it just like a pay to jump on and that was it or was there like a real relationship right there where y'all know each other what does what that what does that look like
1: mm. yeah so the record uh it's called untitled it's on the world only gods know um the technical title is hell on earth uh I named it "Hell on Earth" originally, but then Prodigy was uh, Prodigy died, and I felt like I was like I don't want to name something after that man. So I just we just switched into title to "Untitled," uh, features Killer Mike and Pastor Troy. is the third verse on the re- on the record. Um, and what happened was was that I uh, ran into Killer Mike's manager um, at the time. I think he's got a new one now, or whatever. And for those. Like my cell phone number is a uh, it's a nine one two number, which is like the Savannah area code, Uh, and I've had his number since I've been in college because at this point it's like almost fifteen years old. And when I text him and I was like, "Yo, you know, kill a mic, I'm you know, look if I got this idea, song idea, I would love to get him on it." And he saw the number, and he's like, "Oh shit, you're from Savannah." (laughs) I was like. Sure, I'm from Savannah. Like, why not? <laughs> <laughs> why not? Like, fuck it. I'll be but, from Savannah. But like, you're well, not from Savannah. Nah, nah, nah. My, well, my mother and my father, um, they retired. They lived there now. So technically, but no, no, I'm not no, from you're, Yeah, you didn't live there. You didn't um, grow
0: up there or whatever, but...
1: but no, no, no. But, they, no, but no. there was that connection. There was, was
0: that there. connection. Like, universal shit, right?
1: Yep. Correct. And... He was like, yo, what's the idea? Send me the song. So I sent him the original beat, um, which was done by the homie Amlito, uh, the original hook and everything. And he heard it and he was like, yo, this shit is dope. And he's like, what's your budget? And I was like, I (laughs) I was shaky. You know what I mean? I, I was like, "What's a what's a killer Mike?" And understand, this is Killer Mike. This is uh, pre Run the Jewels. You know what I mean? This is pledge one, pledge two, pledge three. Killer Mike. Oh, so this um,
0: isn't like uh, the 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 reborn, re-pop culture no. icon Killer Mike. This is like right. This is, this is before this is he had his like 16 re, re emergence as as a as okay.
1: Okay, so listen, was, I have Killer Mike is on my record, not Run the Jewels, Killer Mike, like that Killer Mike. Like but it's he's funny that like sh- you,
0: you put Run the Jewels in parentheses because you gotta, you know, that you are not know, gotta say it like that's the same one, but he's a different artist, that. yeah. But it's not, yeah, his level and like what for lack of a better term, like clout or or persona mm-hmm. or you know,
1: Correct. pop culture. I'll say it like or, this. Per, the people that listen to Killer Mike now, they don't remember play up. Uh, you know, I pledge allegiance to the grind, Killer Mike. And they probably they wouldn't. They probably wouldn't
0: fuck with your record if they. And had. they
1: wouldn't. Well, no, they'll fuck with the record, but they wouldn't fuck with this Killer Mike because he doesn't sound the same. The aggression is different. All that shit is different. The energy that he has is different. Because this is the Killer Mike that was still. You know, I don't want to say hungry. But yeah, he was still kind of in that phase of like people don't think that I'm as dope as I know I am. People weren't listening I can, yet. People weren't listening. They yet. weren't listening. He and was, I have always was still related trying to, to that. Be heard. Yes.
0: So when once you become heard, your sound changes because you you can afford that and shit.
1: Mm-hmm. You or know. you
0: or you change your sound to be heard, right? Which is per- might be a more uh accurate, like run the jewels was a whole like revitalization yeah. project, right? That like made
1: Let's call it what it is. Run the so like rap music, the joint that came before run the jewels. That's probably the last like kill a mic project. Where it's just Mike rapping like Mike. He's still doing the shit that he wants to do over LP production versus LP is producing him and saying, Yo, Mike, this is what we're talking about. Let's get on this, this uh two-way. You know what I'm saying black-owned and operated shit that he's doing. It was just cool. Like I don't, I like Run the Jewels. I love rap music. Rap music is one of my favorite projects I ever did. Uh, but if you ask me right now, bro, like I'll listen to Pledge, you know, Pledge of allegiance to the grind too before I listen to anything else that he does because it's my favorite shit. Well, anyway, um, Mike, uh, he heard it, and originally Mike was only gonna do eight bars, you know, for what I could afford, and. The producer, not the producer, his uh, manager loved it so much. He was like, yo, I'm going to talk to him. He's going to give you a 16. That's tight. Because, because he was fucking with it. And I got the joint back. He did this, you know, welcome to hell where you are welcome to sell a priceless soul for fame and cheap gold. Like he bodies it. And I ended up going back, rewriting my verse. So it matched what he was talking ah, about.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I um, see that. You know what I'm saying? And so it's it the joint came out so crazy Nah, it was, um, it was a
0: nice song like i'm not gonna lie killer mike is the reason why i want to listen to it but once i heard <laughs> it like it didn't matter that he was even on it you know and like you said i didn't even mm-hmm. really recognize his voice or presence in that way It you know it was it, it, it definitely has yeah. like a, a fucking vibe to it and i'm just like it, it's a good track you know and like yeah everybody did their thing on it so
1: what what killed me um and it's unfortunate because uh, he's heard it. Um, he's actually told me, he's, he's like DM'd me and told me like, yo, I really fuck with it. I like it a lot. Um, but he just, it's not, because it's not, you know, he, I don't want to say he's corporate, but, you know, he's getting Netflix checks now. It's you not know on I mean? brand.
0: It's not on brand. It's
1: not on, it's brand. Not on brand anymore. You can't dog he's rapping about making a deal with the devil like he's not gonna talk about that shit (laughs) anymore you know he literally
0: made that deal maybe but you know he's 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 buying (laughs) his way to heaven right now like a a bunch of like he's doing he's doing the lord's work you know but you know you you, you gotta sign a a
1: couple contracts to
0: be able to do the lord's work and shit but
1: Mm-hmm. He's getting, he's getting, he's getting stadium checks now. You know what I mean? Yeah, and,
0: and attention and a platform and being able to like, exactly. you know, put a magnifying glass on places that need attention and funding and all. And, hey, I, I agree. I, I fuck with him, like I said, more than just the music. And uh, yep, I just thought that was dope that I saw you had a verse with him, and I wanted to know yeah. like the Thank whole you. deal with. But yeah, I mean, it's not. I guess, like, in this day and age, it's not... I, I don't want to say it's not hard to get a verse, but it's easier, right? It's a lot easier to reach out to mm-hmm. people. Like, their information is out there. Usually, most people have a price. Like, they're down to just take a check to drop a verse. So, um... Yeah. It's, well, not, it's, not, I respected it's not uncommon, the fact that they,
1: you know? Yeah, I mean, I respected the fact that they vetted it, that they listened, that he listened to it, because... And fucked with it. it. And, and he yeah. was talked into doing
0: a 16 because of... The sound and the quality and the message and whatever the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm.
1: And then you know we end up getting uh Pastor Troy. He anchors the project. Um, you know what I mean. And he Pastor Troy brings it home. Like if you ever heard uh, Vice Versa or anything like that, he was just the perfect way to kind of bring that entire sound home. And you know I can say like I got a song with Pastor Troy. I have a song with with Killer Mike. I got a record with a uh, Big Rude from the Dungeon Family. You know what I mean and this shit just—it brings me a world guys God brings me immense joy. I love that fucking record so much. And um, I'm glad
0: you sent it to me, man. And I'm glad like I was able to go on that rabbit hole and see like all the different projects and teams and different like facets and concepts and sounds and it was cool. Like I didn't have a lot of time, obviously, because you know mm-hmm. we were. But um, from what I got, like I was more excited to chat it up with you. <laughs> well cause a lot of, you know so good. I, I mean I, I'm not and this is no offense to you but like a lot of people will say like yo I've been doing music a long time we can talk about every, anything you know like and and then you try to chat with them and they don't they don't have that like I'm down to talk about anything vibe and can like mold and jump and like you know take advantage of a question and run with it until you know it goes to it's final point and it like and I just had an earlier podcast today with a podcaster who oh, he said the same thing. It's like, you know, the shows always get cut short when the guest, like, doesn't have shit to talk about and doesn't is not good at, like, <laughs> expanding and, and, and trying to, like, get the most out of every question and answer it from all angles. And he did a really good job of that, man. And not knowing you and meeting you through this medium and, and getting to hear... Your voice and your passion and your journey, like it's been dope like and I feel like now I'm more likely to listen to your music and uh, recommend Mom, your music. and like I feel like a more connection, you know, and I feel I hope whoever's listening, your people and all the name drops and shout outs, I hope all those folks can hear like how appreciative you are and you know how like you make sure you give everybody love and it's rare, you know. Like some people just name drop for clout, but you just name drop just because those are the folks who were part of the journey, and it doesn't matter if I knew them or if anybody knew them, or it's just like you wanted to make sure you you put it them you put them out there, and that's that's oh, yeah. special, man. You know. So this is your chance right here to wrap it up. Shout out <laughs> whatever you want, links, social media, anything, bro. Oh. Go for it.
1: Oh, man. All right. Check it out, man. It's your boy, Scorsese. We stacking chips on record, crushing every single enemy, a.k.a. Scorsese Shells, a.k.a. Scorsese Lord Jones. He's a cool breeze. You hear me? I'm one half of the Dream Team, one fourth of the Nation Gang, one eighth of the Zip Squad. It's a whole lot of money, a whole lot of bitches, a whole lot of whatever you want to do. Man, listen up. I'm going to tell you all like this. Right now, catch point trademark is out right now. This is the remix. You can pick that up at Griff xscorsese.bandcamp.com $5 17 tracks remixes b sides and exclusive new music man i got records with alaska i got records with zilla i got records with Vic spencer i got records with curly castro i got records with Quell fucking chris you hear me yo the project is crazy man please go listen to it pick it up like i said man we're seeing a lot of love from that for real after that you got Griff, he's dropping Starve 2, that's his second instrumental project. If y'all want beats from Griff? You better get them, but if you pick the hot shit, give me your address, cause we got to fight. You better send that shit to me first. <coughs> um, <laughs> yo, Nation Gang, Domination Record, that shit is coming soon. We got the first single coming called Ahmed Johnson. Um, we're gonna be dropping that real soon. We got the motherfucking Midnight Express. We're trying to decide between the singles. It'll either be the song called Left that I did with Eddie Kane and Flashes Clayton, um, or it's going to be the record Marvel vs. DC with the homie Zilla Rocka. Coming real, real soon. Finally, East Hampton Polo Boys. First teaser single, Return of Kenshin Liger. That's going to be dropping. We got the video done. Shout out to Lito, um, We're coming real soon with that. Shout out to the homie Panels. Yeah, man, I, I told y'all, I'm not leaving y'all without no music no more. 9 a.m. in Houston dropped. That was the last song I recorded live. Uh, the day, that was actually the day Kobe died. Recorded in Houston with the homie George Young. Find that on all streaming platforms. Anyway, um, merch, as you can see, man, the fire, perfect yellow. You know what I'm saying? It's the Legends T. It's on sale right now, 10 bucks. You can pick that up, get a copy of Catchpoint. Um, we got some other really hot, hot, hot merch options, CDs, tapes, etc. Um, Pick that up at That's going to change pretty soon. We're about to pick up a URL and really kind of incorporate everything. Um, I want to thank you all. Taking your time to listen. I want to thank the homie Sneaky for real. He didn't have to do this. He didn't even have to check my DM, but he did and said, Yo, Shells, come on, let's do this. Um, Tony Grants is always for the connect. That's big Unk. Um Tony. Jesus, man. I could do this. Yeah, man. Grandzilla for real. Grandzilla oh, for mad. real. I'm still mad y'all didn't get the uh the pocket full of paper remix. Oh man, I bodied that shit. He couldn't, he couldn't get it mixed in time. Oh, I killed that beat. <laughs> um Anyway, I'm about done with it. Uh please come check us out. If you haven't yet, follow me at jihad Scorsese. That's my uh Instagram and Scorsese Jihad. I had to flip it. Um I it's funny, uh sneaky mention. Why didn't I, I brand Zip Squad? My original name used to be Zip Squad Jihad. Uh that account got banned um after the why, Eagles. Why law.
0: jihad though? You a Muslim?
1: <laughs> so uh jihad is actually a name that I was given uh by some friends of mine back in college um it just stands for just interested in hoes and dollars oh it's all acronyms Um, (laughs) i forgot even scorsese is an
0: acronym right
1: scorsese is also an acronym that's correct so i was like why is this fool
0: naming himself after a director that's just hard to find bro the real scorsese comes up it's like bro what the fuck
1: (laughs) that's why it's spelled differently it's spelled with the uh the c instead of the s and if you notice, most it, people will spell it wrong anyway. That's the funniest part. It
0: still part. comes up. Even with problem. the C, it comes up, bro. That shit. Because yep. Google's like, did you mean this other Scorsese? Mm-hmm. But...
1: Yeah. And if you notice, that's why I always capitalize the last D in Jihad whenever I spell it.
0: You do. You, like, sign uh-huh. all your tweets with that shit to let
1: people know yeah, this is a
0: word over here. Yeah.
1: It's a word and not me just, you know, I'm not... Uh, eternal war or whatever the fuck. Well, I studied Um, (laughs) studied religion, though. So
0: it's funny because you talked about you studied English, and so you're Mm -hmm. always thinking about words. I studied religion and history, so I'm always thinking about stories and movement of people mm. and, and like you know big moments and like you know it's just it's just training it's just this training you learn academia that makes you you put different patterns together you know absolutely um so jihad i was like damn this one must be muslim or something but <laughs> i guess nah, nah, nah. <laughs> all right man well thank you for rocking with me dog i i yes, appreciate sir. your time um i hope this helps you out and that all the folks you know like this is a little window into who you are, your story, your journey, and I, you know, I hope that, like, whoever tunes into my shit, like, you got to hear a, a story of, like, you know, a real journey of someone who, you know, didn't, wasn't trying to be who they ended up being, but through, you know, just mm-hmm. life and destiny, like, you, be, you become who you are, and it's always, uh, it's always a trip. Especially because I don't know you, right? So, like, if I knew you <laughs> and I knew your story, then it'd be like, oh, yeah, we're just going to, like, talk about this and talk about that. Mm-hmm. But when I'm, o- when I'm also discovering along with the audience, I'm just like, wow, that's crazy. Like, that's, that's when you went this way, you went that way. And then, like, <laughs> this happened. All these fucking people got involved. Like, this is... It grew, right, and now we're gonna keep expanding. And uh, thank you for being part of the growth and the journey and all of that, man.
1: So thank you. Yep. Hey, yo, I appreciate that. Look, man, Sneaky Shells—that's coming soon. Just so y'all know, we're gonna get something in the, in place for y'all. We ain't even call like—I like Sneaky Shells a little better than Sneaky Scorsese, but either way, we're gonna drop something. Um, thank you, as always, man. You providing the platform for independent artists and unknown artists, just like me. If you're an artist right now, you're not fucking with them. I don't understand what you're doing because you're wasting your own time. You should be reaching out too, man, especially before something happens, like the price go up. <laughs> I about your boy, man. Look, I'm letting them know I didn't pay anything because you showed me love and you fuck with what I was doing. But for a lot of y'all motherfuckers, y'all might want to go ahead and do your thing before. You see how you're talking about bad interviews. I'm a fire interview. I can talk to you tonight. You know what I mean? So y'all better get yourselves together. Um, I really hope I get a chance to come back soon, though. Uh, hopefully, right around when Midnight Express drops, man, I'd love to sit and talk with you. Hopefully, get Griff on. We can do a three-way, and you can really kind of get a chance to get to know us both.
0: Hey Amen. Um, uh, if- hit hit me up for that. We'll try to figure it Sorry. out, and you how know, you? hopefully, be- before you know, sooner rather than later. I hope I could throw a show because my whole thing about like I used to throw a monthly hip hop show. That's how I met Tony, and I was I was known for bringing acts from out of state and like you know underground talented folks who weren't getting shine and you know like high level shows for the community for free and shit so whenever right. uh, whenever that yeah, shit yeah. cracks again like
1: i'll tell you can like come this. out
0: and do all that man
1: you give me you make sure i got it in advance you let me know when the next time you're, you get a chance to throw a show once all this shit is over i'll be there
0: tight or maybe we do it live man you got equipment and shit now maybe we set up some live shit that'd be fun too because i think at this point uh you know sneaky entertainment it's a it's an event production company and so if there's no events going on i think we're really Mm -hmm. gonna have to step up our um, live production game and start throwing hip-hop live shows again with different (laughs) artists that we curate Mm -hmm. and make sure people got Proper setups, and maybe I'll give you my login for my whatever shit or however we figure out how to do it. But it's definitely got to be I like be done. that.
1: Let's get it. Look, man, let's set it up. You know what I'm saying? I'm on your time, definitely as a thank you. And also, just because, like I said, I do mean what I say when I'm telling the people, man. These type of platforms don't really exist for independent artists, man. It's hard for us to sometimes get a fair shake. Um, I'm really glad that Sneaky's appreciating what I'm doing and kind of noticing and paying attention. And, you know, no payola, no, no wild shit. He just showing love, man. And sometimes it's that simple. You show love, you get love back. So we know it's going to be coming to you, whether you believe in a God or not, whether it's just blessing a positive energy or whatever it is that comes your way, man, it's coming your way.
0: Thank you, Just man. by doing
1: this and taking that time, man. And if I appreciate you, got you got
0: more that. of your, your East Coast folks or a lot of, you know, Hi. any of those names you dropped, if they want to jump in on a call like this and they got the Wi-Fi mm-hmm. and, the, and the gear, like, let's set it up, man. I'm, I'm down to have this conversation with anybody because at the end of the day, I mean, we, what else we got to do? Like, what do we got to lose? Everything to gain. Like, this, this, this yeah, conversation certainly. might go viral, you know? People might just really fucking resonate with the shit you said or we never know. So... I'm always down. You let your people know. I'm glad you came out and uh we'll definitely be in touch, man. Now that I know you, I got a face to the Twitter account and <laughs> I, I I know your voice now and I hear you on the record. I know who's who and yeah, man. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun, bro.
1: So uh you see why I talk so reckless, man. I'm 62240, man. I'm knocking niggas the fuck out. <laughs> don't come on don't come on my don't come on my Twitter page talking all that bullshit cuz y'all know, man, I I show up Yeah, yeah, they they can't tell from the camera (laughs) angle
0: right now, but yeah, you're a big dude, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like it's, it's look, man, it's, it it ain't soft either. Just so y'all know, don't let the migraines fool you, man. That shit don't come along too often. All right.
0: Alright, man. Well, you know, have, have a good
1: bring, night. Bring some fluorescent lights for your boy. That's what you need. The only way you're bringing me down. Man, that's your kryptonite? You
0: just told me your kryptonite. Motherfuckers be blowing hey, up on you with a lamp. Like, hey, fuck, the- fuck, <laughs> fuck you, fam. Ah.
1: You're a bright, bright light, like a gremlin. You gotta just bring me down. Look, man.
0: Ah. <laughs> you're like a vampire or some shit. not me hit you with the UV rays, you know? Look, quit playing with me cuz <laughs> all right, my boy. It's been fun, dog. Uh till yes, next time. Uh sneaky out. Stay safe, uh, stay productive, and keep spreading your message, man. Till next time, peace.
1: My G, stack of chips on record, crushing every single enemy. Peace. Yo, let's talk about recognition and
0: respect while I feast. The labels picking up the check, then I leave.